Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I'm Drew, and happy Vlad Day. We are one-sixth of the way through the season, and Vlad Jr. is coming up. I've heard several times that it takes longer than we think for baseball data to be predictive, even more than a season for things like batting average. But we're going to do the best we can with what we have, and now with a little more data, I want to look back on some of the players we've profiled. I think I'm going to try to do this each week when I um, post a new episode. And that is, I want to look at one player that we've looked at before that's making me look smart and one player that's making me look stupid. So let's dive right in. Two weeks ago, we looked at Dan Vogelbach. He is making me look smart. He was hitting 500 with five home runs in his first week or so of full playing time. And I said that I expected him to hit anywhere from 235 to 275, but I did believe in the power being pretty much elite. In the two weeks since, he's hit three home runs with a 237 batting average. So that kind of power on such a mediocre, less than mediocre batting average, you know, I still continue to believe the power is legit. We should expect that to continue. But at this point, it would be wishful thinking to expect anything else that we'd like, such as batting average or counting stats. Making me look stupid is Cody Bellinger. He's making everyone look stupid, except for maybe Christian Yelich. But um, I said Bellinger is showing improvement, but that I didn't expect to see an MVP season coming. Well, he's done nothing but look incredibly MVP-ish since. He's hitting well over 400 and now has 12 home runs in the first month of the season. Still, absolutely everything is going right for Bellinger. He, every barrel that he's hit has gone for a home run, and he's hitting 426 on the season. Neither of those things will continue, obviously. His improvements... Uh, are real. He's still swinging less outside the zone, which is leading to walking more, and it's probably helping him find better pitches to crush. I said he could hit 280 and 30 home runs. It might be time to move both of those up a tick, though I still think the inevitable cool-off will make those numbers seem less conservative. Also, a quick note on Trey Mancini. He's if you look shallow at him, he's making me look stupid, but if you look a little deeper, he's making me look smart. Um, since last time, he's hitting 316 with zero home runs, but eight doubles. And a lot of those doubles are pretty much warning track power. So I still believe the power is real. I still believe 30 home runs with a good batting average. Go out and get Mancini now. Uh, so for this week, let me do another smart and stupid, um, just because I have two players I really want to talk about here. Making me look stupid is Robinson Cano. I was worried about him getting old and losing his touch, but since then he's had five games and he's 11 for 20 in those games, several of them multi-hit games, obviously. Specifically, I was worried that Cano was not hitting enough line drives, but in the last five games, 41% of the balls he's made contact with have been line drives. That's pretty impressive since Freddie Freeman led the league with 32% last year. In summary, it sure looks like Cano has his swing locked in now. Unfortunately, making me look smart is the other potentially getting too old guy, Joey Votto. 
In the few games since we've talked, he's had just two hits, both singles, and one unceremonious pop-up to first base, which I'm told is the first time he's done that in his career. That career of dominance may be headed towards its sunset. But the guy can still take a walk with the best of them, so I wouldn't bench him, especially in OBP leagues, at least not just yet. Obviously, Cano has fixed something, and Vado, at least not yet. This shows how fast things can turn around. Vado seems further from turning it around now than Cano did a week ago, though, and this is something I neglected to notice. Vado's making very little hard contact, and his hardest hit rate is 106.9 miles per hour. Not the elite raw power that we'd hope for. When I looked at Cano last week, I missed that he had a couple warning track balls he'd been hitting, and the situation was just much more hopeful than I recognized. So that's a good lesson for me. To help with this, we can look deeper on the StatCast leaderboard besides just looking at the hardest hit ball, the maximum exit velocity. If you click on the row for a player, not on his name because that's a link, but anywhere else on the row, you can see each ball that he hit and the exit velocity of each as well as the distance each ball went in the air. Uh, the distance can tell you, you know, whether the hitter is elevating the ball or hitting it on the ground and how hard he's hitting, how, how far the ball is traveling. So it's definitely useful stuff. And you can even see a video of each ball he's hit, which is just incredible. Okay, let's look at a few new players. Uh, I want to start with Rafael Devers. He's a guy that a lot of people were expecting to really break out this season. He's got an incredible pedigree, and he's only 22 years old. So people think were thinking he could really build on his 21 home run campaign last year, even though he only hit 240. He's hitting 276 this year, and... Um, there are a few positives in his play discipline. He's not swinging quite as much outside the zone, but he's he's not much better than league average there. But the real trouble is Devers has zero home runs. And if you look at the underlying data, you know, it's not just that he has zero home runs, but it seems that he's unlikely to ever hit a home run the way he's hitting the ball. He's just been a real worm killer. His fly balls are pretty much non-existent. He's number two in the league in ground ball rate. And um, that's not a good thing. You do not want a guy hitting that many ground balls. And that brings up a good point. You know, it's, it's really hard to change your swing or your launch angle. Just because you want to elevate the ball does not mean you will. And um, so, you know, again, he's a 22-year-old guy. I think Devers could pan out someday, but it's unlikely that it all comes together in the next week or month. His stat cast tells the opposite story of what Cano's was telling last week that I missed. He don't expect Devers to be a stud this season. I also wanted to mention Jesus Aguilar. Aguilar is off to an abysmal start with zero home runs as well. He's also batting horribly at 132 is his batting average, 132, just incredible. Um, his BABIP's 176, so that's really low, but um, what's going wrong here? Well, it's not anything obvious. His, he's, he's not doing anything really that different with his 
uh, batted ball profile, his launch angle, hard hit. Nothing has really changed from last year. He is one of these guys like Chris Bryan or Carlos Correa that I was just never really into because, you know, he swings outside the zone too much. The contact is not great. Um, if he's not locked in on his swing and just clocking balls at the, at the right launch angle, then there's really just not much there. But like these other guys, he can hit 10 home runs in a month if he gets his swing locked in. In fact, I think he hit 10 in May and 8 in June last year, or vice versa. And so you know, this, is, this is one that could take off at any point. The problem is that Aguilar might not get the chance. He's already started losing playing time. So... It's really a tough decision. He was actually dropped in a 12-team that I'm in, and I think I'm going to play it cautiously. I'll bid on him with a little bit of my fab budget, but I, you know, it could be that he's just a complete drop in two weeks. I think it's worth monitoring to see to see how much playing time he gets over the next few weeks, and if he can, you know, get his swing going like it needs to be. And if not, he's an easy cut. So that's two negatives on you know some some new players to look at. Let's look at a couple positives. Jason Hayward, uh, I actually picked Hayward up in a couple leagues. Um, he has always been a guy with great plate discipline. Um, he's actually an elite contact hitter. Uh, so why hasn't he had more power? You know he looks like a a big dude. You know he's hit for power in the past. What's been wrong? What going wrong? Well, I actually heard yesterday on the Cubs broadcast, I heard one of the announcers mention that his top hand kept turning in last year on his swing. I don't even know exactly what that means, but uh, when, when you're looking at a guy like this where there's obviously something that has been going wrong for a long time and something changes, you want to have some explanation for it. So... The funny thing about his profile is he's not hitting that many more fly balls this year, but the fly balls he hits are going further. He already farther. He already has five home runs on the season. Um, so it's not super bold to think that a hit for a good average, but I'm gonna go ahead and predict 20 plus home runs. I think the power is back, unless he reverts to some old habits. So that seems bold enough since he had eight home runs last year. Um, I'm going to say 20 or 25 this season. I think Hayward's going to return to relevance. And then uh, maybe one more positive player, Matt Chapman. He is just lighting up the world. Um, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about Chapman's success early on, not only is he hitting over 300 with eight home runs, but his strikeout rate has dropped less than in half. It is at 10.2%. Um, and he's walking more as well. And the underlying metrics of, you know, his plate discipline metrics have improved as well as contact especially. So he is just just looking great all around. There's there's no flaw that I can find in his game. Um, he's always had good raw power, and now it's translating to as many home runs as you would expect. So um, he could really be an elite hitter breaking out and someone I'm going to be trying to follow more closely going forward. I don't think you can really trade for him. Uh, I'm sure his owner is very happy with him right now, but 
There's a lot, to, a lot to like here going forward, and Matt Chapman's a player I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Finally, just a few thoughts on pitching, which I feel like I've neglected in previous episodes. With pitchers, there's a lot of data to look at, and the real problem is that the results don't always follow the data. A guy with a 12 or 13% swinging strike rate who's looked like a top 25 pitcher can all of a sudden, against a bad team, seemingly for no reason, get blown up for nine earned runs. I don't want to pick on Colin McHugh, though. But anyway, just like with hitters, you have to look at the results of each pitch or each swing, not just each plate appearance. Most people use the swinging strike rate, which you can find under the plate discipline metrics on fan graphs. I also like to look at the contact opposing hitters make when they swing. But all that just tells you one side of the story. You also have to look at the guy's control. But this can be tricky. Is a guy throwing outside the zone too much? Well, it kind of depends on if the count is 0-2 or 3-0, right? So you can't treat every pitch the same. So it really just comes down to how many guys he's actually walking. And even then, you kind of have to look at if they're smart walks or bad walks. Is he walking a guy just so he can get the next guy out, maybe the pitcher? Or is he just walking multiple batters willy-nilly and not looking like he has any control over what he's doing? I really think the best way to get a handle on a pitcher you're interested in is to watch him pitch. There are metrics that can help you narrow it down to find out who to look at. Really just the stuff metrics to find someone with upside. I did this with Spencer Turnbull and Trent Thornton and decided the stuff is very raw with Thornton. He kind of has Corbin Burns disease. That is, he serves up a lot of meatballs over the plate. Turnbull worked the corners, but the command and the control waver a bit. But I picked him up, and I'm rolling with him in my 15-team main event league. With starting pitcher pickups early in the season, you're really just throwing darts and hoping something takes. Turnbull's a good example. It's to be determined if it works out, but he has a lot of the things I like. Number one, a weak conference, the AL Central. He gets the Royals, the White Sox, the Indians, and I don't think the Twins are anything to write home about. I just wish he could go against the Tigers. Number two, I like guys who are a standout at something, either high strikeouts or low walks. Uh, Turnbull has been a high strikeout kind of guy, and his swinging strike rate seems to back that up. Number three, I want somebody who's on a good team. So not so much for Turnbull here, but at least he's got two out of three. Failing all of those, you can pick up two-star pitchers or stash a guy who will be good later. Lizardo and Jimmy Nelson were both available in my 15-team main event league. Well, I think that's about it for this week. Time to set my lineups and then watch Vlad Jr. tonight. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at CommonSenseFBB. Until then, stay classy, Planet Baseball.